0: Jack Dorsey, come on the Stack Overflow podcast.
1: Jack yeah. Dorsey, come on and
2: talk about the principled stand you made, and we will Thanks support you. Thanks for
1: doing the Lord's work.
2: Good morning, Sarah.
1: Hey, Ben. How's your day?
2: Oh, you know, so it goes. Paul is not with us this morning, but he will be part of the episode. So it's going to be a fun one. We're talking about Texmoji. We're talking about our new homework setups that we've built out over the last three months since we've been remote. Chat a little bit about an app that's like Pokemon Go, but for the real world, catch the animals, and it identifies them with machine learning. We talk a little bit about Postgres. We talk a little bit about Dino. Yeah, I think it's a pretty sweet episode. I just want to preface all this by saying, obviously, these are pretty momentous times in the United States. There's protests happening in big cities. And, you know, this is not a political podcast, so we're not going to dive into that stuff. Stack Overflow as a company has made a statement. Uh, it's a statement I certainly stand behind. And uh, yeah, we're going to include a few links and resources in this show notes this week to organizations that you know we're supporting or we're connected to. But aside from that, I think we're just going to let it be in talk tech and talk code. Great. All right, let's do it.
1: All right, let's kick it over to the next topic. Textmoji. Let's talk about Textmoji.
0: Oh, this is one. a good one for Sarah and me to share. So Postlight is a product development company that I am the co-founder of. And uh, sometimes, we often work for really big clients, but some of the things we do are really for us and they're fun. And one of our uh, engineers noticed how many times we were putting little textual emojis, like, yeah, or thank you. Or we actually started to make them for individuals, like, thanks, Paula, thanks, you know, thanks, whoever, so that you could respond with quick emojis because a huge amount of Slack is emoji responses or otherwise it just becomes this wall of text. Yes. So if you go to textmoji, T-E-X-T-M-O-J-I dot app and hit return in your internet web browser, you will find a tool for very, very simply making very cute textmoji like those. And then you can also, but I mean, the tricky thing is you can actually include Unicode characters. Oh. Oh, In your text moji.
1: Fat, I didn't know this.
0: Yeah, because it's just text. So it gets really, I made one which was just nine frowny faces. That was a good, I felt good <laughs> about that. And So it's a nice way to play and it's very easy to get these into Slack now. They've made yeah, it really Yeah, I love easy. it.
1: This is the only way I communicate now. Is I just like make, I don't even type things out. I make a text emoji, upload it to Slack.
0: These things like image generators on the internet are just Tools for perfect passive aggression or for yeah. wonderful praise. Like I've hit the whenever someone says something particularly ridiculous, I hit the gravestone generators. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just something about when somebody says something goofy, and you're just like, you know, in quotes, like their name, and then the, the terrible or dumb thing they said, um, <laughs> and then you just drop that in the chat and move on. And that is, I the, did it. That was so easy, guys. I did it while we were talking. Yeah, while we were talking, I then, made it. I made it, and I added it to Slack, and I slacked it. Boom. It's really that ridiculous. So anyway, check it out. It's, fun. It's, a, it's a small labs project from my company, but we've been, we've been dogfooding it exhaustively. And uh, how many custom emoji does Stack have?
1: We have a lot, and they are generally in two veins. We have every party parrot you can imagine, which I'm over the party parrots at this point. There's just so there's like hundred and fifty of them. And then Aaron, who runs design here, has made a lot of the regular emojis. You know the emoji with the cowboy hat? Yeah. Well, putting the cowboy hat on other emojis. So like the nose emoji with a cowboy hat. And yeah, that happens.
0: He's done some good he's done some good work for for humanity. Yeah. We have like 20 versions of our director design with different costumes on. That happens. That's
1: great. So
0: Paul, let
2: great. me give you a little business tip here. Here's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. You got to somehow get this baked into iMessage like Giphy was where you click a button and then it does the convert to text and then people will just start using it because it's so easy and then you'll be acquired.
1: Yeah. Pivot all of Postlight. Don't build yeah. any more projects.
2: That is yeah. a great business tip. <laughs> make, all you make need an an to do is convince tomorrow. Apple to make you a quick slider inside of iMessage, and I guarantee this thing will just. Take also,
1: off. let all of your employees find out about it via TechCrunch. Don't announce it at work.
2: Oh, is did that happen?
1: <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'm sure.
2: Uh. <laughs> all right. So check out check out Textmoji. Play with it, and uh, yeah, send an email to Tim Cook and just let him know what you think.
1: Yeah. yeah. Anecdotal story, I know someone whose work has a whole Slack room dedicated to requesting new Slack emojis from designers, and this got dropped in there the other day, and it was like, the robots are putting us all out of jobs.
0: Yeah, that's right. That is what happens. You just, you're able to automate just simple processes and and then destroy an entire culture. Sorry. (laughs) Our bad. Um, Oh, and when you email Tim Cook about Textmoji, just use, like, use the promo code Textmoji. That actually, that'll give him 10% (laughs) off when he acquires it. (laughs)
2: Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stack Overflow for Teams, the best way to organize and share knowledge across your company. It's used by small startups and some of the biggest companies in the world today. It's free on the basic tier until June 30th with no credit card required. Head on over to stackoverflow.com teams and check it out. All right, new topic. So let's talk a little bit about how our work setup or our technology, you know, gadgets and tools have changed since we've gone fully remote. I'll start. For me, the thing that has been the most funny is that I now use every single available web browser because I have to do my work stuff, my personal stuff, my wife's work stuff, her personal stuff, my son's Google Classroom, my other son's Google Classroom, and everybody needs different accounts and then certain browsers work okay for whatever. But you don't want to be constantly logging in, logging out. So we now have a machine where we have like Safari, Firefox, Chrome, and Edge. Maybe there's one other. And each one is like logged into a different Google Classroom or Work account. So you can just toggle between browsers instead of constantly like trying to log in and out of a million different accounts on a single browser.
0: Wait, though, doesn't Firefox have those contexts? Like it has a... It has a little container thing built in. This might save you time. Maybe I could go back to it. I don't know. But also
2: then sometimes Paul, there's a thing where it's like, you're in Google Classroom and we're using this video capture portal. And it turns out that works 95% of the time on Edge and 5% of the time on every other browser. So better try Edge.
0: Yeah, that's that is unfortunately real. No, there is in Firefox, there's a thing called Containers. That lets you have different. They'll sync to your uh, your account, and they let you be different people. So, oh, uh,
1: yeah, that's nice.
0: It used to be more valuable. Like right now, Google's a little bit better if you have two tabs open and one is one email account and one is the other. But Mm -hmm. in particular, like when you're switching between accounts on one service, it's pretty good.
2: I mean, in Chrome, I am logged into like four or five accounts, but there just kept being these complications.
0: No, no, it's all real. That's containers is supposed to solve that, but it is like but it's complicated because you don't actually think of your life that way. You're just like uh, one of the worst things in the world is that moment when you realize how many passwords are in your password manager. Right. And you're it's like, terrifying. "Oh, it's terrifying. I'm logged into 1700 websites." Like that that's not a good feeling. Like that <laughs> I don't I don't want to have 1700 representations of myself. Right. I mean oh, oh I know the other thing is like we're we're
2: constantly having to fight with we, we four three people have a zoom at the same time. So you need to be on this device and I need to be on that device. Yeah. Tablet, laptop, phone and then again it would be like wait, are we logged into this browser on this all it's just like it's so overwhelming, you know.
0: No, everything in our world was made for like people in an office with computers. Like it's not yeah. not for five and people one job. in a house. Yeah. 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 They're not
2: quite old enough to manage their own devices is the problem. If we could just give them their own devices, it might it might run a little smoother.
1: Ben, are using Brave? Because you can get, as Paul calls them, nonsense nickels.
2: <laughs> no, but I have a whole j- empty jar here. So I better get started.
0: Nonsense. Oh, that's good. That's good. Sarah, what's changed for you? What are tools and tips and tricks? We're life hacking.
1: <laughs> life hacking. Well, I now have this whole office setup, which is great. Like before, it was just like a whole thing to plug in my laptop and do all these things. And now I have one of those great little things where you just like put your laptop in it, plug mm-hmm. it in, and the monitor is set up, your is set up, your mouse is set up. It's got a whole thing. So, it's really great. I'm really happy with
0: it. Yeah, no, I mean, just having that control is really important. Like, just like I know where I am, I have my big screen when I need it. It's good. I have like a grid of wires plugged in. USB C is my enemy, I've decided. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: Preach. Yeah, it's this, all of I'm, our enemies.
0: And just like every, if I move my laptop like six inches in one direction, five other wires will just like choke and stop. So, yeah. So, I found the delicate balance. You know, actually, I I will say there is a tool called, so what's really changed in my world is that I need to communicate. I sell, I sell services. I ask people for hundreds of thousands of dollars using only my giant pasty face on video. And that is like, they can't come to the office. They don't know what's real or not. Like they've never, that's the first time we've met. And I'm going to, and I'm going to be like, yeah, I got a whole company. And they're like, where? And so- more and more, I am finding myself, I've tried a lot of different whiteboarding and sketching tools, and I'm using this one called Whimsical. Whimsical.com. And it's very Whimsical. simple. It's Ooh, good. I want to check it out. It's a, it is where OmniGraffle used to be in my world, Whimsical is now. And it is a good brainstorming. More than one person can work on it, but it doesn't, it's not as whiteboardy as, as all that. And it lets you just draw and label rectangles and figure stuff out. And so... What that lets me do is demonstrate my thinking. I can share that screen. I can share a tab and I can draw things and label them while people are talking to me. Instead of just like going on mute and smashing my keyboard, they can see the thinking and they can know that the the number demonstrating active listening over and over again. That is my new job. My new job is not to show authority at first, because that used to be really like it used to be like, let me let me come in and have a cup of coffee so that you can see how everything is great. Instead, my new job is let me listen in the most active, engaged way possible, show you what's up. And the great moment is when they go, hey, could you send me that? Then I'm like, OK, we locked in.
1: Yeah. Oh, Nice. Like this is valuable to them, yeah.
0: It used to be like, come
2: to the office and you'll see the young coders and the nice place. And then if we get to the next step, maybe we'll go out for the sushi dinner and we'll, cl- we'll seal the deal. And now that's all remote. That's gotta be very tough to sell services mm. that way.
0: I mean, it's just all those little semiotics and signals about where the money is gonna go and how it's gonna be used. Like people just don't know. They're, when you engage with an agency, you wanna know what you're buying. And, and in a pandemic, they don't. And so like they see our website. And so instead, yeah, you have to show. And also, look, more active listening in the world is always better. It is just better to show people how you're paying attention. Like, I will miss when I'm back in the room, even with a whiteboard, I will miss that high fidelity representation of the conversation.
2: Yeah. Well, maybe whimsical will be a tool you start to use in your stand-up
0: meetings. You never know. These wireframes look great. Well, you know, we tried to get this out of the Jamboard, but it didn't quite. The Jamboard is expensive and ridiculous. And so like it's a Google product that's kind of a virtual whiteboard, which one day showed up at our office at great expense. And you just kind of blink sometimes. You're like, oh, OK, we bought that. And some people loved it, but it just never quite locked in. Whereas this is like, I need this to get my my work done. Yeah.
2: Have I told you guys about Seek yet? Have we talked about that? If not, I want to do that. Give that a shout out. No, we go. tell us. So since March 15th, I've been out of the city in various little more rural areas. And Seek is an awesome app that's been made by, I believe, National Geographic and an entity called iNaturalist. And it uses machine learning to identify anything in front of you. So it's basically like Pokemon, but for real life, you're like, what is this plant? And it's like, this is a Japanese rhubarb rose. And you're like, yes. And then it gives you a badge and you like level up. So you're like collecting plants and animals and insects in real life with machine learning on your phone. It's pretty sweet.
1: It sounds like Foursquare for people
0: with no friends.
2: Yes, it's Foursquare for um, <laughs> David Thoreau. <laughs> That's
0: Fantastic. <great. laughs> so look, uh, I was poking around on the internet on a website called Ron and there was a thing called <laughs> Supabase, which is Firebase, but you run it yourself on top of Postgres. And I got to be frank, I haven't used it. I haven't installed it. But this world is really interesting to me. So Firebase- Yeah, can you tell me
1: why you're doing that? Why are you doing that? (laughs) Not you, not you personally. Like, why are you going on Y Combinator? Just kidding. But no. Yeah, if I'm using Superbase, what do I want?
0: So Firebase is Google's like hosted everything platform. They bought it. And now it's really, it's pretty core to Google's cloud offerings. And it's like, Here's your database, go ahead, build it, set up the schema. Here's your accounts, people can log in, they can do things. And so it's a real set of shortcuts that get you to define your data and you start getting APIs kind of for free. And like the low code version of that is Airtable. So this is like in the middle between setting up your, your own environment and using someone's like, using something that, that sort of almost looks like a spreadsheet. Like we're, that's Firebase. I'm gonna give you the, the sales pitch here. here. Here's how it works.
1: Okay.
2: You build with Postgres, SQL, Supabase handles the magic, build real-time applications.
0: So Supabase takes that Firebase idea, but you run the it magic. locally with your own data. Now, look, there's a lot of things. There's one I love called File, which is mm-hmm. like a bunch of TypeScript that gives you a very nice GraphQL API in front of any Postgres database. And it is slick because you're not writing that like Rails code or that that node or that express code in the middle right like you're just kind of you're just ta- you make the database and now you have the API that and sounds so great. it's really good it's always it's like anything you get in you're like oh there's actually a steep learning curve except you get over that learning curve and now you're like all right i get how accounts work here and i already know sql so wow okay wow i just got a whole lot of graphql with one sql statement a whole lot of GraphQL API by writing one SQL statement. That's pretty cool. And so you can move really fast. It's just basically front-end and back-end without a lot in the middle, using GraphQL in the middle. And so Superbase is, yeah, and other... There's Hashura, which is a Haskell based GraphQL API. There's Postgres, there, so on. So, this is a really interesting space. Postgres is a powerful database. It's open source, it does everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now there's like yet another really simple way to get access to that data. And I, I think that to me, if anything, is sort of the future. It is less code in between the data and the user uh, and the front end in particular. That makes um, sense.
1: So make, maybe you, so. Last night, my friend Brenda Store made a joke, and I pretend and I pretended to laugh because I pretended I knew what I was talking about. She said that GraphQL is spicy Jason. It is. Um, can you explain GraphQL to me?
0: Yes. So. <laughs> uh... Okay. There's a lot of the problem is the way that JavaScript people explain things gets into your brain. So okay, a REST API, I, I'm talking about resources and kind of I'm getting JSON in response.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Yep.
0: And tells me all the blog posts and it might even tell me the names of the authors. Okay, so so I go and I and then I want to get individual author profiles and avatars and so on. A lot of times I have to go back to the REST API and get more data, right? Yep. Let's say I have this weird complicated data shape where I have a lot of these tables and I want to have a list of all the blog posts, the authors, but also I want the most recent, like five blog posts that each author has written as well, connected to that. You can kind of describe the shape of that in a very, a thing that looks a lot like JSON in an interactive query creator that's sort of built in called graphical that comes with most graphql interfaces. So you kind of are like, "Hey, this is the data I want." And then it goes it goes on the back end and it goes, "Oh, hey, cool. I know what the data service is. I'm going to translate that and do all those queries and give it back to you as a big old json blob of the kind that you actually want as a developer. The kind that you would normally shape." And then there's a lot of middleware with react where like this component is fed by this query which looks like this, and when the data comes over from the server, I'll run my little spinner as it's loading, and then I will update state and I will draw all the components in here. And so, like, those steps used to be complicated, and now, and the steps of talking to the server and figuring out, and like, you know, taking the JSON out of the server and bundling it into one nice blob of data that you can walk through. Yeah, And they're just not as complicated. You're just kind of describing the shape. And it's actually so simple that I found it confusing. I'm like, really? That's, yeah. the, why would, that's a weird way to do it. And then you go like, yeah, actually, yeah, it's just dumb. Like it's just, it's, it's one of those things where like, oh, that's kind of what we've been wanting. Is this, so. It
1: kind of looks like looking at the home page, it looks a little like you're adding a relational level to a non-relational, like a NoSQL database. Does that sound right or no? Am I totally off?
0: For wait for which what are you talking for about?
1: For GraphQL, it looks a little like I you know I have data.
0: Yes, yes, I want my well look anything can be a GraphQL source. It's not just SQL, but what it's saying is I like those things that I when I go to Mongo and I just get that big hairy tree Bob. of everything. Yep, I that, don't want that. that. Yeah, but I actually want all the nice relational structures on the back end or the legacy That's database. So great. That, yeah, it's a good, like anything, here's what's real, right? In our industry, everyone is like, compromise? Terrible. Yeah. Do it right, you children. And then when you actually use the compromise, you're like, yeah, okay, this isn't actually like some amazing technology. Boy, is it easy. And then like, like you know, as- async in, in Deno is now going to be a lot easier, right? Like it's just, we make things easier for ourselves and then it feels kind of weird, But no, this is the thing. Is is I only have an hour or so a day to play in my life, and that's if I'm lucky. And so, really high velocity GraphQL APIs are a good way to play. Also, you can you can get them into production. They're good. They'll work.
2: All right, Uh, I think it's that time of the year. That time of the episode where we do our lifeboat. Lifeboat is a great badge. It goes to an answer score of 20 or more on a question that had a score of negative three. So they flipped the script. They took a question that was going to be unanswered and maybe confined to the dustbin of history. Instead, it has been seen and heard and people have gained knowledge from it. So today to August awarded yesterday Visual Studio Community Edition for commercial purpose. Yes, it is available to the individual developer or the team. I'm not exactly sure what the question was, but it was answered and a lifeboat was given and we always appreciate that. Thanks for listening. I'm Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow. You can find me on Twitter at Ben Popper, although in general, I am trying to be quiet because there's not much I think I have to say of use on Twitter
0: these days.
1: And I'm Sarah Chips. You can find me at SarahJChips on Twitter.com and I'm the Director of Community here at Stack Overflow
0: and I'm Paul Ford friend of coders everywhere and to stack overflow and you can find me at ftrain on twitter or at postlate.com that's my company
2: yeah and if your slack needs a little more a little more pizzazz don't forget about textmoji
0: dot to